DanielBritt.com. It's a new week and a new show, and as always, one of your favorites joins us now around the table. We'll get to know each member a bit better and talk music over the next 60 minutes. Welcome, Mercy's Mark Quartet. Guys, it's so good to have you here in a part of this program. Thank you. It's good to be here, Daniel. And around the table, we have that voice, Gary Jones. And we also have Josh Feimster, Christian Davis, who you'll hear has the low rumble notes, so watch out. Uh, you may want to adjust your bass now. And then we've also got uh, Britt Mitchell. Britt, what part do you sing in the group? I sing the tenor. Tenor. I never would have guessed. <laughs> and how long have you been with Mercy Park? I've been there? with a group about six months now. So are you the newest member? Uh, I am. Has it been a fun ride so far? I'm enjoying every minute. And it's not just because Gary's sitting here you're saying that? Well, no comment. Okay. <laughs> now, Gary, obviously your history goes in gospel music goes way, way back. Um, I mean, I'm not going to... Further back than I care to think about, Daniel. I don't want to make it sound like you're old or anything, but I mean... But he not, is. But <laughs> Go ahead, Daniel. That's okay. okay. It's okay. They tell me all the time how old I am. Does, <laughs> does the name Taco ring a bell? <laughs> it just comes to me. I, I forgot about that just till now. When I was younger, we went to a concert, and I remember, I don't know if you remember these, uh, Singing News had these baseball card type trading card things. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it must have been Gold City. I went to their table, and I, I wanted the trading cards, but I wanted the one because they sold them based on whose picture was on the front, I guess. And it was just kind of a hodgepodge mix of different groups. I wanted the taco pack, so I got the taco pack. The taco pack. And I, it's, it's still in the footlocker in my mom's attic somewhere. You know, they quit making those uh, on me. It didn't take long for them to quit making You know why? Because they, they didn't have enough room on the front for a picture of me with my hair. That's <laughs> right. And the tie. And the well, my hair was so big. Oh, yeah, that's true. They didn't have enough room for it. Well, no, technology's come a long way. I think they could, we maybe could do some kind of a new... Uh, <laughs> no, not that hair. Not that hair. <laughs> not that hair. <laughs> what's, what's the goal for, for the group sound? I mean, we're talking about a quartet, and, and most people say, well, quartet singing, that's pretty black and white. What's, what would you say the goal for your sound would be? I don't know. We've never really set out. We've never sit down, and the guys can back me up on this, if, you know, if you have a thought on this. But uh, I've never personally thought in those terms. Sure. As far as this is what our sound, this is what we're going to strive to be, you know, and to, uh, or to compare us to, say, a, a previous group and go back to the history of Southern gospel music. And, you know, um, we, we just sort of approach music uh, in a way that uh, as far as uh, the songs that we pick, uh, the arrangements, the recordings that we do are all done really based on what our preferences are, what we feel from our heart. We try to approach the music in a, in a way, in a fashion, that we feel like we'll be able to translate it, be able to communicate it um, according to our what, what we enjoy, stylistically speaking. You know, as far as having a particular goal, we're going to sound like this or that, mm-hmm. we've never really, uh, I, I guess you could say, I personally haven't thought in those terms. Sure, you know, we sure. Just, we just kind of put it together as it goes and, and, uh, and see what happens. What's the latest album that you've got? Uh, what's it titled? The project is entitled Something's Happening. Yeah. Actually, it released uh, at the, I think the street date's October mm-hmm. the 10th, but it did release uh, and available to the public during the week of the National Quartet Convention. Uh, Josh, Christian, how, how long have you guys been with the group? Uh, well, I've been with the group since since Gary started back in uh, June. I, what year, 2004? June of 2004 would have been correct. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's you know that's how long I've been with the group. Well, I've been with the group six months as well, uh, along with Brent. So we're okay. kind of kind of started at the same time. I so. got you. Well, have you noticed, uh, Josh? I'll ask this since you've been uh, with Gary the longest. Have you noticed 
just creativity in arranging and putting the groups that sound together. Yeah, yeah, really the first place you notice that is just hanging out with him because anybody that's really creative, <laughs> they're kind of just out there all yeah. the time. Yeah. He'll yeah. be out there floating around and, and, uh, no, really and truly, um, I, I knew about Gary. It must go I'm back like, to hairstyles. Geez. Yeah, well, no, it was, it was the mustache. Because <laughs> you got Gaither and you got Gary. <laughs> uh, I, like you, I grew up listening to, uh, yeah. what a Gary. Uh, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but you were old, man. And, uh, <laughs> and getting older, baby. Uh, I grew up listening to Gold City back back when they started. I guess I was three or four as we were. We were young. Mm. And when Gary, which Gary was young. I mean, he started eight, he was 18? 18 years old. 18 with Gold City. Gold City yeah. And um, so when he started with them, during that whole time, I grew up listening. My family had a singing group like a lot of, well, all of us, I guess, kind of came up that way. Uh, but Gold City was the hot group, you know, during the, the later 80s and early 90s. Early 90s, when Pillars of Faith and Acapella Gold, that stuff yeah. was coming out. That just really grabbed me. So I knew about his creative side, uh, really respected him as a producer. And uh, when he called, it was just a it was a thrill for me to get a call from him because I, 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 uh, I'd always said I wanted to record with, with Gary just to, yeah. to get yeah. the producer side of that, so. Now, you mentioned cool. briefly your history. Tell us some more about, about your – have you always been associated with gospel music? Well, yeah, pretty much. Uh, grew up – I grew up literally riding a bus, a bus on the weekend. So yeah. my mom and dad always had a group, uh, just a local, you know, basically based out of North Alabama. Mm-hmm. Traveled in that area, and it was every weekend that we were gone. Uh, and when I was 10, I started playing the drums for them. And then about 16, 15, 16 years old, I got interested in singing and Kind of took it from there. Started singing with them for a couple of years and uh, sang, uh, sang in some different groups until uh, never on a full-time basis till Gary called it's about two and a half years ago. Is that something that gets in your blood, you think? Or? Oh, it's definitely in your blood. When it's, once you've been exposed to it and, and done it, once you've you know, really, I don't know, there's just something about singing uh, with other people. Once you get that, those harmonies and everything, people say, well, why don't you do some solo stuff and things like that? But it's really once you're with a group. Kind of contagious. It is contagious. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to you don't want to do it on your own. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is. It gets in your blood, and you just you got to do it. So, well, there's the famous line. There's something about four part male harmony. Right. Now you've also heard there's something about family harmony, and I assume none of you are related to each other. Do you feel do you find you have to work at getting the harmony to to mix because you're not related? I mean, is is that kind of an odd question? Maybe. But well, actually, 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 that's a very legitimate question. Because uh, family groups possess something that uh, it's it's because of their genetic makeup. You know, uh, there's there's similarities mm. in the way their vocal cords are constructed because they're family. So what that does is ultimately it ultimately creates a blend that happens more on a natural basis. Yeah. That's what quartet yeah. groups strive to to, to possess. They strive to have that, and we refer to it. Well, boy, they got that blend of a family group. Yeah. Well, that's because that family group possesses that naturally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and with the quartets, and I, it's, it's it's an interesting thing to observe, uh, Daniel. You can you can go out and handpick four guys to sing together, mm-hmm. but that does not guarantee that they're going to blend well together. That's true. So what happens is you put four guys who have good voices together, and and interestingly, I've seen. Uh, situations where you'd have one or even two guys in the group 
that when you when you hear him sing a solo, you think, my God, that guy can't sing his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> but you put him in the blend, yeah. and something yeah. magical happens. And it's something that you cannot, or vice versa, or vice versa. Exactly, yeah. you can't. Uh, you can't guarantee that it's going to happen or it's not. Mm. It either does or not. And that's why we feel particularly blessed with the, with the four people uh, that uh, make up Mercy's Mark vocally. Mm. Uh, because, and we have a lot of people that, that comment on our blend. And, and it's not something, we, yeah, sure, we work at it. We, we, you know, we, we rehearse and we, and we try to blend together. But uh, as much as we try, there's still things that happen that you, you, you cannot buy or you cannot or you guarantee is going to happen. It's just the right four people being together. And it's just one of those things that either happens or it doesn't. And, and, and it's a great thing when it does. I mean, so would an audition process be not only that you send a resume, but you also come and you sing with the group? You don't just do Absolutely. a solo audition? Absolutely. Now, now there are situations where, uh, you know, if you know, you're familiar with that person's vocal and their abilities yeah. and, yeah. and or you have a relationship with them, you know, the, sure. the criteria is not as, you know, it's not as stringent, but, uh, uh, absolutely. You know, you want to hear what that band's going to sound like, sure. Your history, not only as producer, but also as pianist, has, has, as we talked about, has been uh, a long tradition in, in gospel music. Now with Mercy's Mark, you also sing, right? Your, your baritone. Baritone, right. And you even sing more than you play, for the most part? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Uh, but I still, there's, um, and this is, this is something else that we have a lot of people, and you know what I find is, a lot of people would say, well, the traditional fan wants to hear those four uh, vocals and, and the piano. Mm-hmm. That is true, but only to a certain degree. We have discovered that for whatever reason it might be, straight across the board, fans, period, no matter what, yeah. they, seem, they seem to really get a kick out of There seems to be some kind of satisfaction with the piano and four vocals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they just think that is it, the cool. The younger people think it's cool. Yeah. And yeah. And, 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 and and then your senior audiences, it carries them back to yeah. the early days, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we still incorporate uh, a great deal of that. But getting to your question, yes, I, I do more singing than I do playing, but I try to balance that out somewhat. Has that been a transition? Well, a hard it, transition? For me personally, it, it was a bit of a transition. You know, I. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, when we when we started out as Mercy's Mark, that was a, there were some new roles for me, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, and it's been a learning experience. Sure, sure. Well, Christian and Brent are the newest, the two newest parts of the group. And Christian's obviously bass, and and you've had a pretty good career in gospel music. Even you know, I can say this, I guess, even at your young age, because I'm young too. But how old are you? And give me an overview of, of where you've come from. Well, I'm 26 now. I um, started, of course, started, I guess, professionally. You want to call it that? Um, when I was 18, mm-hmm. started with a group called Old Time Gospel Hour Quartet, yeah. and uh, that's I from Lynchburg, right? In Lynchburg, Virginia, yeah. so Dr. Jerry Falwell's organization there, and uh, spent four years there, and uh, had a, just a wonderful time there. Uh, Dr. Falwell gave me a uh, awesome, yeah. awesome opportunity there, and uh, but uh, after four years, I actually started my own group called Christian Brothers, mm-hmm. and. Was there for about three years, and then got up, got up with Gary. I actually knew Gary for you know a couple of years before that. Sure. And uh, got in contact at that time. He was actually looking for a bass singer, so uh, it was just kind of God's timing, you know, uh, the perfect timing for for everybody as a whole. Yeah, and, yeah. and so uh, here I am with Mercy's Mark, and enjoying uh, every second of it. That's cool. That's cool.
people. Do you guys ever, because um, radio has two sides. Radio has a side behind the microphone in the studio and then a side where you go out and you're in front of an audience. I think you guys are probably kind of backwards. You guys are more in front of an audience than you are in the studio, but it's really both parts. And are you more comfortable in the studio and then you get on stage and you see people and you get nervous? Do you still have those moments or is it is it old hat at this point? In the studio, of course, being in the studio is what I love to do. And, uh, of course, working with Gary, you know, Gary's a, he's a stickler. He's a, he'll, uh, he'll, uh, he'll sing you to death. You know, it's, with Gary, it's perfectionist. It's, is perfectionist that, is, okay. you know, singing you know, three words for three hours. You know, yeah, it's, it's a, but it, but it's a, it's a, it's a unique experience. And, um, but as far as being nervous, there's times where you, I guess you have a adrenaline rush, what we call it. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, as far as being nervous, I don't think it's, you know, not that big of a deal to me. Sure. But, sure. um, but there are some times where you do get a little bit uh, yeah. jittery. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. it's it's working out cool that, now. So. It's cool. Brent Mitchell sings tenor, and uh, just kind of introduce yourself. How how uh, how did you hook up with Gary and the gang? Um. Well, uh, I sort of knew Josh, uh, and I was I was sitting in a restaurant one Sunday night after singing that I was singing with a local group, mm-hmm. and my phone rang, and he says, uh, "Can you be in Nashville in the morning?" So uh, I had a whole lot of notice. Uh, <laughs> These guys are real thoughtful. Yeah. But I went to Nashville the next morning and 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 met them and we sung a couple, three songs and they asked could I go the weekend. So and I went and I guess the rest is history. Uh, but uh, you know I, I come from a background of of gospel music sort of like Josh. I grew up. Riding a bus, uh, my parents sung with a group, and uh, you know I've just I've just always been around it, and it's sure, always been sure. in my blood, and you know it's something I enjoy, and once you do it, you you can't quit. So, out of all the songs you do, are, is it fair to say there's probably at least one or two songs that features each member of the group where you sort of kind of take the lead? Um, is there a song that features the bass, a song that features the lead, and then the tenor? And, yeah. And if so, um, are those your respective favorites? I mean, the song that you're featuring, is that your favorite song? Well, I, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, every, everybody has their own favorites when yeah. you do a CD, and, it, and it's not necessarily one thing or another. It's just different songs speak to different folks. And do you guys all have a part in the song process, or is it all Gary? It's all Gary. It's, it's all, all Gary. Gary. Okay. All Gary. Everything's Gary. <laughs> <laughs> we usually hear the songs. Uh, right before we record on this. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I I was here two weeks, and I was in the studio, and uh, I was hearing most of the songs the first time uh, about three minutes before I went into mm-hmm. in front of the mic. So uh, we didn't know the names of songs. Didn't I would know how many songs. So again, I ask about stage nervousness. Do you ever experience anything like that? Uh, well, you know, I don't. I don't guess I get real nervous. You know, in front. I guess. First time on the main stage of Quartet Convention, I was a little yeah. nervous, uh, but uh, other than that, I'm, I'm usually pretty laid back all the time. So, Let, Let's talk about, since we're back on that subject again, if you're singing in front of your, your industry peers, does that make you a bit more nervous because you, you, you all kind of know the business and you know what you're doing and you're kind of watching each other? You know, well, sometimes, me personally, singing in front of uh, bass singers you know, that yeah. I've looked up to that are sitting there watching you, uh, sometimes you get a little bit nervous, but at the yeah. same time, you look at them and they're they're out there cheering you yeah. on too, yeah. and it's just 
it's it is a it's a unique feeling. But I actually get n- more nervous when you're singing in front of a small mm-hmm. uh, a small group or mm-hmm. a uh, you know if you go back home at a local crowd, but uh, people that you know. But yeah. Um, but you know, singing around the industry people is actually kind of encouraging because they're there and they're supporting you and rooting you yeah, on, and holding up signs and all that kind of stuff. That's so, cool. You know, it's funny, Christian, you should say that. I think that's true, but. I've never seen them hold up any signs. <laughs> yeah. they, they say, quit singing. <laughs> well, I hope this isn't uh, an unfair question. Um, actually, we are in a rating, so I guess I, I do hope it is an unfair question because it will be good for us. I'm going to talk about the industry for a minute, um, and let's let's stir the pot without without naming names. Is there anything you would change in the industry? As a quartet, you've got that long tradition of quartet singing that goes back Gosh, I don't know, early 1900s, even in the 1800s. As you move forward now into the year 2000, where are we, 2007, 2008, and move on through the years, is there anything that you would change in gospel music to make it better? Yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> again, it's all geared. That is a like. broad question, Dan. And, and there again, it's very subjective. You know, you realize that one person may have an idea of, well, I think this you know, yeah. we could do better in, in these areas. And then you ask the next person, they're going to give you a whole different set of answers. Uh, so when, when I speak of change, the only uh, way I can do that is to speak from a personal opinion. You know, I think that's a given. Um, and I'm coming from the musical side of things more than anything else. I mm-hmm. think there has been broad diversity over the past 15 years in our industry. That was well needed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, we all love quartet music. You know, we're singing in one. Sure. Grew up listening to it, but that's not the only style of mm-hmm. gospel music that appeals to me. Right. And and I, I don't think, and, and I'm sort of venturing out here, but I feel like, personally, that most of the people can appreciate any music uh, done well. Mm-hmm. When there's talent involved, when there's thought and time put into the, the creation of that musical, that whole process. Mm-hmm. I think the industry has a responsibility and that is to give uh, or, or to present our music in the highest quality, form, or fashion mm-hmm. possible. Give back to the people the very best that we have. And if you're, and if you're coming from a spiritual side of things, uh, doesn't Christ deserve our very best anyway? Sure, sure. Now, uh, and you, and you run the risk of stepping on toes, you know, when, when, you, yeah. when you try to answer questions of this nature. Yeah. But do I think we can make some changes? Absolutely. What all those, what all those changes are, I'm not entirely sure. I, I think each artist on an individual level uh, needs to sort of step up to the plate. A lot of them are doing a good job. Some of them need to do better. Mm-hmm. We all need to strive to do better and, and broaden our industry in hopes of reaching out to not just one select group of people, but reaching more people. And uh, and I think the way we can achieve that is just to, to put out, to try to continue to put out better music, better records. I call them records, you know, because mm. I go way back. Yeah, right. Uh, CDs, if you will. Yeah. And, and, and try to do it in a matter, and, and not fall victim to narrow-minded thinking. Mm-hmm. And this is the way we've always done it, and we're going to stay this way, and this is what works. Yeah. We've got to grow with the times. And I imagine that's not just something that you put into a new album when it 
when the studio time comes open, it's probably something that every week as you're out on the road, you think of a new idea, you jot it down, or you Absolutely. keep it, you, you, turn, you know, roll it over with the guys and say, hey, how about this, and what about this, and that's cool. It's a good answer, by the way. Thank you. If the industry is going to survive, I think that it's got to um, it's got to embrace change just as it, as it has Absolutely. in the past. I mean, it's right. always Absolutely. changed. So. And if you look at any other form of music, they've all they've all met uh, these same challenges. Yeah. And I, and I look at uh, country music, for example, which I I have friends in country music, mm-hmm. and uh, there what change did not come without resistance and without some growing pains. And some of the old timers were like, "This is the way we've always done it." Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they were uh, they resisted the change, but uh, country music realized that it was necessary, and so they started making a shift to adapt to the times to reach a younger uh, generation uh, of country music buyer. Not that we should. Now, don't get me wrong. We sure. should follow you know the, the same path that they have taken. I use that merely as an example. Uh, we need to embrace change. Absolutely. One more question about – so I really kind of brushed over your history, and since you've got such a long one, um, let's um, – Extremely let's, long. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go back before Gold City. What was there before Gold City for Gary Jones? Was Gold City the beginning for you, or was there were there other groups? When you- well, no, I, I, grew up, I grew up in, uh, around uh, in the panhandle of Florida. I was born and raised in a little town called Fort Walton Beach and then over in Pensacola. And uh, when I was growing up uh, – a gentleman by the name of J.G. Whitfield was the was the gospel music promoter of yeah. his day, and he was from right there in Pensacola. Actually, he was the uh, originator and owner of the Singing News magazine. That's right. That's and right. which he owned for many years and operated out of Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. Um, and he he uh, had heard me play and sing with my family group when I was young, mm-hmm. just a kid. And, uh, this teenage years. No, actually, prior to that, really, yeah, really? I was like maybe eleven, twelve years old, and uh, so when when I was seventeen, he uh, offered me a job uh, working in his group called the Singing News Singers. You know, <laughs> they go out and sell magazines. Yeah, well, well, he would promote his concerts and then have the Singing News Singers to open up the program. And he didn't have all the big groups. Yeah, so, so it kind of exposed me to the the larger uh, group, the pro groups, That's and because cool. uh, they were work on his concert dates. So when I was 18, uh, the Dixie Echoes hired me to play piano. So I, I was on the road with them for about a year. And this, and then after that, uh, I moved on to Gold City, who was just getting started at the time. You still good friends with the Rileys in, in Gold City? Oh, yeah. Still keep in touch. Now, are you you guys based out of Alabama? All of no, you no, we're based out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. Okay. All right. So, of course, Gary's the only one who lives there now. but <laughs> Yeah, right. A lot of traveling. He's a good guy, though. Well, it sounds like you don't know him very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a great guy. <laughs> Speaking of um, of, of ugly, um, <laughs> you guys you guys have a way we can keep in contact with you. This is radio; we don't have cameras, but on your website, do you have pictures? You have uh, interactive things going on there. Absolutely. Uh, visit uh, anybody interested in in the music of Mercy's Mark or. I uh, want to want to kind of see check out check out the group see what we're up to. They sure. can visit us online at uh, www.mercysmark.com, and uh, of course there's uh, all kinds of information on there about the guys, their families, and what we're into, what we're doing, what's going on. So, also sign up for a free newsletter. Okay, absolutely. online. Absolutely, and sign up for a uh, free internet newsletter at mercysmark.com, and and this is another way that we stay in touch with the people. 
and uh, it doesn't cost a thing. So. That's pretty important. Isn't it? I mean, when you are in a public uh, career or a public ministry like this, I guess you need to stay in touch with uh, with the people who listen. Sure, absolutely. People keep you on the road. We wouldn't have a job if we wouldn't. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, thanks so much for taking time. And uh, anything else that you guys want to want to put out there? The new well, we album. Thank again? you. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, the uh, the new album and uh, entitled "Something's Happening." Yeah. Just released, brand new product. We spent a lot of time, a lot of hard work on this project. We're excited about it. Uh, incidentally, the uh, the first single off off the project is the title cut, and it. It's appropriately titled "Something's Happening," yeah, yeah. and uh, so we're very excited about the message in the song. Josh Finkster sings uh, the verses on this, and just does an incredible job with it. And it was written by Miss Kyla Rowland, who yeah. is a, one of uh, Southern Gospel's premier writers, as you know. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, pick up a copy of that, or they can visit us online uh, at mercysmark.com and order the project, and then we'll get it out to them. Guys, anything else you want to say? And thank you, Daniel. Thank you for thank the great you. job you're doing at XM Radio. We're excited about XM. And uh, we, we appreciate it. It's great. It's really been a lot of fun. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, Absolutely. Awesome.